Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 72 of the Boomer Bevo podcast. The only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas, and the University of Oklahoma. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. I am John Whitson. We are four days away from what I affectionately refer to as hate week. The week that precedes the Red River rivalry in Dallas, Texas. Uh, We have to muddle ourselves through an Iowa State-Oklahoma matchup. And Texas has to hold on for dear life against the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, But first, Kevin, uh, in addition to it being Kansas week for you and Cyclone week for us, it is also the Ryder Cup. Um, as you know, very critical, this guy right here, very critical of Zach Johnson choosing Justin Thomas over the likes of Bryson DeChambeau and Lucas Glover and among others, but that's okay. By now I'm back to team USA. I I bleed red, white, and blue. None of it bothers me. And I got fired up today and I was reminded why I have the biggest man crush on this particular golfer. There are 12 golfers on the Ryder Cup for the United States. Can you guess who I have a man crush on? No clue. None. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Uh, He's a live golfer. He's the only live golfer on the squad, and his name is Brooks Kepka. And if you watched – He's a beast. He's a beast. If if anybody watched uh, Full Swing on – Netflix, he was portrayed as quite the dickhead. Okay, I'm just going to say it. And they did a juxtaposition against Scotty Scheffler. You're Scotty Scheffler, University of Texas. Yeah. They did a juxtaposition against Scotty Scheffler. Okay. And, you know, they would they would cut to scenes of, of Brooks Kepka just being a baby and being whiny and his bratty wife and She's kind of, mm, I don't want to, skanky's too strong a word, but she's skanky. And and then they would show like pictures and scenes from Scotty Scheffler's life where he is wholesome and humble and his wife looks like a Sunday school teacher and <laughs> a, a cute one, a cute one, albeit, but, you know, very like innocent. And it's just, it, the, the idea of that episode was this is this is who you root for and this is who the villain is. Okay, does that make sense? It makes sense. Yes. Right? White hat, black hat. Okay, well, now we're on the same team. And I'm reminded why I love Brooks Kepka. Why sometimes, and I think this is why girls love the bad boy. You know what I'm talking about, probably more than most. I do. I yeah. do. This is why girls love the bad boy, because they, they think about themselves and their situation differently than anybody else does. And they don't give up. You know what I'm saying? They do not care. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So he's the only live golfer on there, and the media asked him, hey, Brooks, what are your thoughts on the other live golfers not making the team, and what do you think about that? And he said they could have made the Ryder Cup team. My only advice to them is play better. There you go. Did you you drop the mic? Is that the best line you've ever heard in sports ever? That's pretty good. Oh, you want to make it play better. I'm just like, I love you, Brooks Kepka. If that 
if that's who's fighting for America, we got a chance this weekend, Kevin. We have a chance. We uh, The way the Ryder Cup works, in case you don't know, is um, there's going to be 28 matches. And there's a point available for each match. And if you tie a match, you can actually split a point. So there can be halves of points. But um, because we won last time, all we have to do is get to a 14-14 tie by the end of Sunday. They, Europe, has to get to a 14 and a half points to win the cup. We just have to get 14 to retain it. So my point is, with hashtag play better Brooks Kepka on our team, I think we can retain the cup. I'm feeling really freaking good about it. Is he currently the most kind of intimidating guy in golf? Yes. Okay. You know, Tiger would just have the mental advantage over everybody in the 2000s. Maybe not from just a physical standpoint, but it was just like, oh, my God, it's Tiger. He's the uh, horrifying. He's the third best golfer of this century. Let that sink in. He's the third best golfer of the 21st century. Really? Yeah. You got Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and Brooks Kepka. Okay. Even over like Rory and. Yeah. So if, if you go by majors, right, which is the measuring stick for professional golf, of course. Brooks, uh-huh. Brooks has five majors and, and, and more recently than Rory's. Rory's last majors in 2014, Rory only has four majors. Now, to Rory's credit, hell of a rider. Speaking of Ryder Cup, he's a hell of a Ryder Cup player. He's won the FedEx like three times. He's won players. So I'm not taking anything away from Roy McIlroy. Okay. Like you can, somebody can make that argument that he's better than Brooks, whatever. Right now, Brooks is better. And if you just measured on majors alone, he's the third best golfer of the 21st century. And I think he holds the right. And I think he has the right to hold that argument because right now at the beginning of every major, he's, he's the odds on, he's the odds on favorite. It's just, that's just, there you go. Yeah. That's pretty telling right there. So anyway, um, it's in Rome, Italy. So they'll be on very early. So you know, before the before you got kickoff on on Saturday morning, you know, you take in a little golf. Then on Sunday afternoon, go. Sunday morning, before NFL kicks off, probably about the time we're recording uh, our post game episodes, uh, they'll be doing the singles matches. So that's where that's where stuff gets really interesting. Is on Sunday it, they pair them up mano a mano, right? And then it just, you know, so it's whoever's going to, so like the, oh my, to think that you could get like a McElroy Kepka matchup would just be almost too much to handle. Like yeah. I don't even well, know hopefully if we I can get handle it. it. Hopefully oh. we get it. Fantastic. All right. Enough about golf. This is a, Kevin, this is a podcast about football. Stop talking about golf. I love it. I love golf. Play better. Just play better. Um, This week's slate of games. Hmm. It's hard to top last week's, Kevin. Yeah, last week. I mean, that's one that we were looking forward to since the summer. We were looking forward to this week. so And it didn't disappoint at all. You still have some pretty good matchups, especially in the Pac-12. And again, I think the Pac-12 has your best matchups uh, of the week. Mm-hmm. The SEC, mm, I, not not as many. And so that's that's a little odd. The Big 12, I think, has some interesting matchups. Yeah. Chiefly the Texas Kansas game, probably the best matchup. Well, obviously the best matchup. They're ranked 25th in the country right now. So it's yeah, a top 25 matchup. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The best matchup in the conference, that's for sure. Um, I yeah. what else do we have in terms of top 25 matchups, though? Is it well, the best Oregon matchup? State and Utah? 
you know, that that's intriguing to me. Yep. And then I think you have uh, LSU and Ole Miss. If you still consider Ole Miss a, a, a top 25 team, they are ranked 20th, right? So uh, yeah, LSU goes to Ole Miss. It's um, in Oxford. So that, that could be interesting. We'll see if they can bounce back after that incredibly disappointing performance that they had against Alabama last week. Really disappointing for them. Yeah, that's going to be tough for Ole Miss to bounce back. I mean, the problem is, I think we saw this a little bit against Wyoming. There's always a post-Bama blues. Yeah. In the sense that you had to get up for the game and then win or win or lose, in the case of Texas win, in case of Ole Miss lose, you, you, you still have to try to recover that same level of play, and that's really hard to do. Yeah. I guess maybe for Ole Miss, they just are hungry to prove that, hey, we're not we're not that bad. We're not as bad as we showed because they did not look good. They got shut down by Bama's offense. And this was a year to be able to get Alabama. And they just kind of laid an egg. They fell flat in that second half. You almost feel like LSU has to bounce back also because LSU escapes Arkansas with a 34-31 win. And, you know, we saw Arkansas beat by BYU. That, you know, but then BYU turns around and loses to Kansas. It's just it's hard to tell what's going on, but LSU, you ex- I ex- I don't know about you. I expected LSU to be more dominant this year. Me too. Yeah, I mean, they were being talked about preseason as a potential playoff team, and that is still on, on the table, right? I mean, losing to a really good Florida State team doesn't have to ruin their season. So we'll see, though. I would like to see them be a little bit more consistent in their performances, kind of like I feel about Texas. Utah and Oregon State, you mentioned that game. Uh, Oregon State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, I I think we're at the point in Utah's season where if Cam Rising doesn't play, they get beat. Correct, yeah. I mean, I think they're going to run out of chances. You cannot have that bad of an offense. I don't care how good your defense is. Eventually, there's going to be somebody who's going to be able to score 24 points against you. And without him, they're not going to get it done. Is this the game? Does be does he come back today or do they you know, does he come I've back heard, Saturday or, is he, or they lose? I have heard that he could be back Saturday. But I don't know if it's definitive yet. Um, they need him. They need, if he's healthy, they gotta put him out there. The pack the Pac 12 is loaded this year. One loss probably doesn't hurt you. But if you're Utah, I don't know that that one loss is against Oregon State. That's not the loss you want to have. Um correct. Because you're really not going to have a chance to avenge that, I don't think, in a, in a uh, Pac-12 championship game. Cincinnati is at BYU. BYU is getting one and a half. This feels it, – it doesn't feel like a Big 12 game to me when I say those two teams no, out loud. Not, is at that, not at all. No. no. It just seems kind of like meh. It seems weird. And I don't know what to think about either one of those teams. I mean, I don't know – you know, I don't want to take anything away from – what you guys did last week, because especially defensively, you guys are really good. But Cincinnati did not look like a very good team to me. Well, I mean, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out about both teams. If Cincinnati yeah. go, rolls on, rolls into Provo and beats them by two touchdowns, then you think to yourself, well, maybe that OU win looks better. If BYU, conversely, you know, beats them down pretty good, you're thinking to yourself, well, the Cincinnati win's not nearly as good, and that November 18th matchup against Pro, uh, in Provo looks a whole lot harder for OU. Um, Florida at Kentucky. Uh, That's an interesting one to me, you know, because Kentucky, I think, is okay. And Florida, we thought Florida was done after week one, that embarrassing performance they had on the road against Utah. 
Then they bounce back and dominate Tennessee a few weeks later. So, I mean, now they're ranked. What do you think with that game? Well, I know that Mark Stoops has called out his fan base and has challenged them to start tailgating early for that 11 a.m. kick. He said he fully expected Kentucky fan to be able to down plenty of beers to be ready to go for that game. So that's a promising sign. I feel yeah, really good about great. that. Um, I, here's the deal. When people start talking about like fan bases and which fan bases can drink more beer or less beer, uh, I think it's LSU and everybody else. I would have to agree with that. You don't get any <laughs> arguments from me. I don't know who else. Yeah, I don't know who else. Moonshine, whiskey, all of it, oh, man. God. <laughs> I think I would just get an alcohol. I would get a contact drunk just walking around uh, <laughs> Baton Rouge. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no, I I don't think Florida's any good. I don't think they got a good quarterback. But you just don't know what to think of Kentucky. You know, they don't have their guy. He's He's gone from last year. Yeah. They so, lost a lot of good players. It, it, but it's but it's at home. Kentucky's one and a half point favorite. Here's here's a real game to keep an eye on this week is A and M Arkansas. A and M losing Connor Wegman for the season. This yeah, I hated dev- to see that man. I, I hated to see that. Listen, we as a podcast collectively cannot stand Texas A and M. No doubt. But we don't want to see this. Like no. we want to see schools at their best. We want to see players at their best, teams at their best. And this sucks because this kid was having a pretty good game. He was I mean, a pretty he was good, having a good season. season. Yeah, he was having a really good season, and it's just not cool. Now for Jimbo, I don't really care. I hope they lose every game after this. But for this kid, it just kind of sucks. It does. I agree. So yeah, it's gonna be. We'll see. The Johnson kid came in when when Wegman got hurt and looked okay. He looked all right. So. We'll see, man. We'll see what the team is made of, how resilient they are, you know, how much it means to them if they can uh, go out and be re-energized and rally behind their backup quarterback. Arkansas is getting six points at home. Um, if we pick that, I'm going to tend to take Arkansas in the points. I don't know if we're picking that game, but that's yeah. just how my early – that's the early lean I have for Arkansas at this point. They played LSU really, really well. Uh, A&M not as good as LSU, right? And this one's at home. With a backup quarterback. So I'm just having a hard now, is this time. At, is this game in Fayetteville or do they still play that game at Jerry World? Oh, you know what? I, that's a great question. Great question, Kevin Miller. Let's look it up. Let's say where. I don't know. Uh, AT&T yeah, Stadium. Um, 100%. Yeah. You're right. It's AT&T always Stadium. interesting. And them always ends up winning that game somehow. They do. There. So it, it'll be interesting, though. It'll be I'm glad you we'll brought it come out. No, I'm glad you mentioned that. That That's that that's that's a little different. Uh, they needed to, They needed to put a neutral site there instead of at Arkansas. All right. Uh, Michigan and Nebraska. Nebraska is a 17 point dog. I, you know, I still believe in Matt Rule. I think he's I still think Same. he's a good hire. Uh, but boy, they're just—they're just, just, just not ready yet. He's got to get his guys in, and it takes him a few years. It took him a, a few years at Baylor to get it going. Do you think Michigan is who we think they are after four games? They—they they are four zero, but they really haven't played anybody. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't looked impressive doing it. I just wonder if they're just playing down to their level of competition. I, I don't think we'll know until you know they play the likes of Penn State, you know, Ohio State later on this season. Yeah, what they're I mean, really about. 
Yeah. Uh, Georgia at Auburn, oldest rivalry in the South. Is that correct? Uh huh. Correct. Uh, Auburn is a fourteen point dog. Did you did you see the Hugh Freeze press conference? Did not. No. What happened? He looks horrible. He looks like life has beat him up, and he almost he 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 looks borderline homeless. That's what he looks like to me. Like and. I remember it was like, very weird. some health stuff. Remember he remember he coached that game from the hospital bed that time when he was at Liberty. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. And oh you know what? Just have somebody I, else coach the game, man. Like at this point, just stay. I guess stay I could feel bad. I guess I could feel bad for maybe saying that in the event that he has had health problems. But I just think he's a skis, and I think any school that hires oh, yeah. him is a total sellout, weak, uh, weak cultural school. Like I cannot imagine for a minute the University of Oklahoma hiring somebody like Hugh Freeze. What no, a weirdo! Absolutely, man. Yeah, not a not a guy you want leading your program. But it's Auburn, and all they care about is winning football games and trying to keep up with Alabama as close as they can. I just can't believe Hugh Freeze is that guy. But whatever. I guess we're about to find out. And, I, hey, I, listen, and they are putting together a good recruiting class too. Of course they are. Yeah, because of course they it's are. Auburn. And that NIL is rolling, man. Again, they care about winning football games, and they're going to do whatever it takes to get good players. We've seen this from Hugh Freeze for Hey, listen, Hugh Hugh Freeze worked NIL before NIL. You know, he invented NIL. Yeah, there's nothing new. Yeah. Yeah, So those players, he was recruiting to Ole Miss. It's just like, how are you getting these dudes to go to Oxford, Mississippi? Yeah. And it's not even guys from the South. Laquan Treadmill's from Illinois, and he got him to go. To Oxford, Mississippi. That was a bad injury. Football. You remember the Laquan oh, Treadwell injury? Bad. And and what's made it worse is he was about to score. Yes. Oh, and fumbled the that, ball and it, was, and it clinched the game for the other team. It wasn't Alabama, was it? Uh, it wasn't Alabama, but it was somebody good. It was a big game. Oh, yeah, it was I a big game. Watching, and, yeah, I remember watching going it into the end zone. Got hit, broke his leg, fumbled the ball. Other team recovered. Game over. Oh. Season over. Well, at least it happened to Hugh Freeze. Uh, Baylor at Central Florida. Central Florida, 11.5-point favorite. Um, potential trap game for Oklahoma in three weeks following Texas, playing UCF. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, thankfully, it's off a bye, so, you know, get oh, some time. Point. Yeah. So, But still, no, I think they're a pretty good football team. Malzahn, you know, he's coaching some really big games. I think he's beating Saban more than anybody else. He was the head coach. I think at least three times he beat uh, he beat Saban. So it'll be interesting. Is USCF more or less likely to challenge for the Big Twelve title than Kansas State this year? This year, right now? Um, nah, I think they're less likely. Okay, all right. Yeah, uh, Houston at Texas Tech. Somehow Texas Tech, despite being one and three, is still in an eight and a half point favorite. Okay, speaks Houston's to horrible. The, speaks to the power of the Houston Cougars. Ole Miss, LSU, we've talked about that game. Oregon at Stanford, Oregon will roll. South Carolina at Tennessee is interesting. Tennessee is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. Spencer Rattler not making the waves that he made at the end of the year last year. See, uh, I think Spencer Rattler has been really good this year. Okay. Well, go tell yeah. me. Please, please sell. You, know, please how I, you know how I am. I've never been out on him. His talent. I think he's having a really good season, man. Let me get his stats real quick. Well, it's – I think he's just growing. I think he's growing up, right? He was incredibly immature when he was at Oklahoma, right? 
but I think he's good, man. I'm gonna pull up his stats. Um, is he an NFL player? Yes. Backup quarterback. Perhaps. But not I mean, a star. Not a starter. He's, he's not a starter. He, he's gonna be in a camp this year. So far, let me see. He is he is uh, seventy four percent completion percentage, seven touchdowns, two interceptions so far. It's, the, the, uh, well, I mean, seven. You can't argue against seventy four percent, but that's not a lot of project, production. I wouldn't think seven and two. I don't know. He's been that. pretty good, man. And, and again, it's not like he has the elite guys he's throwing to either, right? Yeah. yeah. But he was really good against North Carolina. I mean, Furman, we're not going to count that, right? Georgia, yeah. he was really good in the first half. He wasn't he great was. in the second half. He was. But in the first half, he was really good. And then it gets Mississippi State. Again, they're not great. 18 of 20, 288 yards and three touchdowns. Those are like Quinn Ewers numbers. Yeah, 18 of 20, though. Yeah. No, I hey. Yeah. He, he probably is maturing. I mean, it's 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 hard to believe, but he is a four-year senior. Correct. Um my guess is he probably gets a covid year if he wanted to come back for another year. Yeah. Mhm. I don't see him coming back. I mean, he's actually a fifth year. He played in 2019. For y'all, he was uh Oh, that's right. He backed yeah. up. Yeah, he played yeah, Jalen Hurts. He, he played Yeah, he yeah, came in the Peach Bowl. Yeah, guess, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh all right. Um Michigan State at Iowa. Uh, the Michigan State's falling apart. I mean, the coach has gotten fired. Their season's over, man. Uh, we've got a recruit. Um, we had a guy that uh, had committed there. Reggie Powers has decommitted. So there's talk that maybe we can get back on the Reggie Powers um, to Oklahoma after defensive the- back, right? Safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then. There's a and then uh, if you remember by Job from oh yeah Tol- the Tulsa area no he's uh, from uh, he's from Norman CCS yeah that's right I'm sorry Norman if he, uh, mm-hmm. if he if uh, he possibly enters the transfer portal that's there's sharks in the water on his name hey, but you, but he there has, has to be he has there has to be it's all right I mean feelers are being put out I'm sure right um you don't call him I, but you call somebody who knows him you I can't have too ra- many good edge players man. I was on the radio today with KREF. Thank you guys for letting me get on. I did not make this um, observation on the radio, but I feel a little bit better about making it on the podcast. But do you think schools like A&M that have 10-year contracts with coaches that aren't any good are wishing that that coaches like Jimbo would commit serious offenses like Mel Tucker so that they could (laughs) fire him with cause? Maybe. I'm sure there's a part of them that wishes they can get rid of that guy without I mean, having I don't to pay that I, ridiculous I don't, buyout that they signed him to. I don't think they're wishing for sexual harassment, okay? Yeah, no, but, you know, they just that, wish there was a way they can get out of the contract like without having ticket, to pay him like the $80 million. Dollars. Yeah, like a, yes. like a moving violation or something like that. Yeah, like, you some, know. something that embarrasses the, the university yeah. without hurting anybody. Public intoxication, tweeting tweeting F you to the, to the press yeah, of the, of something the universe, like something that. like that. Something yes. innocent, a victimless crime. I'm just Correct. saying. I, yes, they would love to get out of that eighty million dollar Biden. If I am an AM and AM regent, I'm thinking to myself, Michigan State just got really lucky. That's all. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Okay, whatever. I, I'm sure I get in trouble for that. Uh, Alabama at Mississippi State. Alabama fourteen and a half point favorite. And then your 
Washington Huskies are at Arizona, where they will likely beat the tar out of them. Again, not a great slate of games. Hold on, you we, missed you, you. You forgot one game. What did I forget? College game day where they're at Notre Dame on the road against Duke. Yeah, I did forget that. I did forget that game, and and I also don't have the uh, USC. Oh, there's USC Colorado game. Did we not? Did I skip over that one? I think you did too. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame at Duke. Yes, college game the day there. What's the line on that? Uh, let me see. That's a big game, man. Duke. You know, we want to see was that win against Clemson legit or was it a fluke? Was Clemson just not up for it? Breaking uh, in the new offensive coordinator. Or is this Duke team for real? I think it was a legit win in the sense that they were probably the better team. I haven't seen anything from Clemson that indicates to me that they want to play football at a high level right now. Plus five and a half. Plus five and a half. So Notre Dame favored by five and a half? Yes. Duke is getting five and a half, and it's at home. I mean, really, the, the real question for this game is how does Notre Dame bounce back after that? completely heart-shattering loss against Ohio State, having 10 players on the field on the last two plays of the game. How do they bounce back from that? Because that was a program-defining moment that they lost, right? I mean, they could have – we talked about this on the last episode. They could have gone – the recruiting would have gone nuts. It just would have been such a huge win for them and gave them so much momentum going forward this season and would have put them – you know, they would have been top three – in the country, they'd won that game right in the playoff discussion. Now it's like, man, how do we bounce back? So I'm curious to see. Marcus Freeman is still a very young and inexperienced head coach. I want to see how he gets his team ready to bounce back from that. Um, is this the – I don't know that I've – first of all, I can't re- – I can't remember the last time a team lost a game with 10 players on the field on defense. Especially twice. Two, twice. For two and, separate plays. And here's what's worse, Kevin. They had a timeout. Yes. Well, the first one came out after – the second one was after a timeout. 100%. Yes. So the first was the first game after a timeout or the second game? The second one. Um, the first one was after a they, timeout. I think they I called think timeout. They yeah. It, it's – I don't know. I, I said it last week. And I'm sure people are like, oh, this is just this guy wanting to be like bombastic. No, somebody should be fired over that. That's 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 bad. Yeah, that is it's that's not what you're you've got one job on the line here. Yes. Like, literally everything is on the line. This is like legacies are defined in games like this. I think if it is, I think if it's the NFL, somebody would be fired. Yeah, Maybe they won't do right it. now. We're thinking role. about Ryan Day and Kyle McCord when we could be thinking about, you know, Sam Hartman. You know, um, uh, I was thinking of the Notre Dame defense. I would have liked uh, Notre Dame to win just so Lou Holtz could tell Ryan Day to suck it. <laughs> I am, as more comes out about that, I am more and more firmly on the side of Lou Holtz on this deal. Lou Holtz can say whatever he wants. It's just, it's so weird that yeah, Ryan Day. Yeah, I know you're fired up after the win. Just say, look, I believe in our team. I love our guys. Our guys are tough. Leave Lou Holtz alone. Guy's so ninety something years old. Stupid. Lou Holtz was right. old when I was a kid, like nineteen ninety two. Yes. yes. Yeah, Colin <laughs> won on, a national man. dude. He won a national championship in nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, that's when they won the Tony national Rice, championship. The quarterback. That was fun. Listen, I, 
I was 10 years old. I mean, that was probably the first year when I really, 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 really paid attention to college football. And I thought it was great. I was like, man, this is, uh, didn't they have, I mean, uh, the, what's his name? The receiver, they right? They have back-to-back, if uh, not for that really bad call against, was it Colorado? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. The Rocket Ishmael punt return. Yep. They called a block in the back. First of all, would that have been the greatest play in college football history? Yes. A punt return and win the national championship? Yes. Yeah, I, that, which I still can't tell. But I've I've watched that replay and I still can't tell what that. Oklahoma, you know. Oklahoma has its phantom block in the back game, um. But but we firmly believe we were blocked in the back in the game of the century in 1971 against Nebraska. Oh, the Johnny Rogers punt return. Mm-hmm. We believe we, we we believe we were blocked in the back. Okay, like, I'm gonna have know, to go we, and look for that. We can swear up and down. Yeah, we can swear up and down. That, that he was blocked in the back. Uh-huh. I love, I, this is the thing about college sports. We get all riled up for games that happened before we were even born. Like, oh, yeah, I was blocked in the back. We got blocked in the back. You weren't even oh, no, we, we hold it serious. Yeah. Like, no, we, I get we, it. No, this is part yeah. of being a fan. Games I've never uh, – I, I mean, I think it wasn't it last week where I was griping about Joe Washington getting hosed on the Heisman? Like – Yes. Happened before I, you were born. I'm still mad about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still mad about it. So I was I was born mad about it. All right. Uh, well, speaking of games we're going to pick, uh, let's see. Do you want to do that Notre Dame-Duke game? Yeah, let's do that one. Let's do that one. Okay, so hold on. We'll do the Notre Dame-Duke game. Let's do uh, LSU-Ole Miss. You want to do that? Two-and-a-half-point yeah. favorite? Two-and-a-half-point difference. And let's do something from the Pac-12. You want Utah-Oregon State? Yeah, that works. Uh, or do you want to do USC at Colorado, 21-and-a-half to Colorado? Okay, you know, let's, let's do that one. Yeah. I don't know. I want to do that one, dude. Listen, we got burned on this game. Okay, let's deal with this game right now. Let's pick this game right right now. We got burned on this game last week. We we were seduced by Deion Sanders. We thought we none of it, neither one of us picked the win, but we thought for sure they could cover the points. We're like, this line can't be correct. This has to be Travis Hunter. This has to be people putting a lot of money down on Oregon, whatever the case, but we just couldn't believe it. So now the line's actually bigger, plus 21 and a half. Can Colorado cover the 21 and a half? I, th- <laughs> I think they can just because <laughs> USC. Because USC, here's why. Here's why. Because USC is not as dominant in the trenches as, as Oregon is. No, it's because USC is the weakest team in the world. That's what you're no, thinking, not yourself, good, but you won't say it. They're not the weakest team in the world. They're the weakest team that's ever played college football. Okay. It's unbelievable. Listen, you're still mad at Mule Shoe, as you guys call him. Lincoln Riley. You got Colorado They're not the weakest team in the world. Do you have Colorado Cup? Yes. Yes. So do I. And you know I love Coach (laughs) Brown. So do I. I love Coach Brown. Still no Travis Hunter, though. I know, but here's the thing. Is uh, Is Shadur going to light that defense up? Yes. Shadur going to light him up, man. They're, I'm here for it. Their weakness is in their secondary. Their weakness. Yeah. Now, if they can figure out a way to get to them, but I kind of feel like they're going to get the ball out early. They're going to just try to keep it, you know, keep them rolling out, let them be on the move. I mean, Grinch yeah, cannot stop a mobile quarterback. Remember, Oregon was able to get pressure without blitzing. But that's Oregon. Can USC do that? No. That's what I'm saying. Oregon was able to get there without blitzing. Can USC do that? Because if you blitz, no. I think Shador can pick you apart. If you blitz. 
Oh, he's going to have to get the ball out quickly because he gets hit too often, though. Grinch loves to blitz, though. Grinch loves to blitz. That's like yeah. his favorite thing in the world. And to we'll do. see, though, if the offensive line can handle those stunts and twists that um, Grinch likes to call. That's what well, his every, defense is based on. Well, Kevin, every things. other team in the country can handle him. So I think Dion can, might be able to figure out how to coach. Well, him. remember, though, they don't have the great offensive line yet. That's that's their biggest issue. It's just their offensive line isn't great yet. That's why they got destroyed. That's the reason they got destroyed. Well, then why are we both yet. picking Colorado to cover? Because they're not. USC doesn't have the type of players like that. They don't have the scheme that Oregon does. Yeah. No, I agree. Dan Landing as a defensive coordinator over Alex Grinch. What a matchup, though. Shadir Sanders and, and, uh, and Caleb Williams. And Caleb Williams. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Uh, all right. LSU at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is getting two and a half uh, at home. I'm going, I'm actually doing Ole Miss to cup, to win and cover. I, I think – I think they shake off the Bama um, hangover, and I think they win in cover. Okay, that would be cool to see, but I'm I'm going the other way. I think LSU wins. Um, I feel like mentally they might be done after this. I think they put so much into that Bama game, and I don't know. I, I think it destroys them, and they lose as a result of what happened against Bama. So I got LSU. All right, in a quasi-ACC matchup, Duke hosts Notre Dame. Notre Dame, five-and-a-half-point favorite. Does Notre Dame bounce back after the 10-person heartbreak against Ohio State? I think they do, man. And the reason I think they do is because of their quarterback, Sam Hartman. This guy's a six-year senior. He's seen everything. I think he rallies the team. I think they bounce back. They play well. The defense has been good all season, right? I think they handle business and um, on the road against Duke, Notre Dame. I don't know if Duke is going to win, but I think they're going to cover. Um, I think Duke is a realer deal than we think they are. I mean, they're not going to—they're not making a playoff or anything, but I think they're—I think they're a pretty good team. They bought, um, and I just—I like what they did against Clemson. I think that they're—they um, have a real chance to to beat Notre Dame, and I think it is really, really hard to regroup and refocus after a really hard loss like that, especially when you're lambasted in the media for the pre for the whole week leading into it. Yeah. Uh, you know, giving up the lead, losing in the way they did uh, just, just all of it. So for all the reasons that you picked LSU, that's the reasons I'm picking Duke. Gotcha. If Duke were to pull this off and beat Clemson and Notre Dame in the same season, Mike Elko, their head coach, his name is already being brought up. Whatever the biggest job that becomes available, you have to think his name is going to be involved. I've already heard him in the mix for the Michigan State job. He might be able to get an even bigger job. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about that real quick. What kind of job is Michigan State? You know, I don't know, man. I mean, it's obviously it's in the it's a Power Five job, right? In the Big Ten, so it's in a great conference. Plenty of money. But, I mean, plenty of money. Correct. They got the resources there, but man, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. So I bet you're already fourth. You know, yeah. it's like, and, and I just you just don't know what situation Mel Tucker is going to leave it in, what they're going to have to deal with in terms of transfers and correct uh, decommits and things like that. Uh, it's. Um, you know, you think about Oklahoma and what they went through with Lincoln Riley leaving. You know, we had a Bob Stoops to somehow rally the troops, you know, and bring them together yeah. and 
semi, you know, we held on to that with bailing wire to the recruiting class that year. Um, and I just, you just don't see that coming out of Michigan state. They, they don't typically have the infrastructure and the culture to, to kind of do that. So I don't know, like I think about somebody at Duke, I guess you take that job. I mean, Duke's a private school. They probably don't support football as much as Michigan state would. So, yeah. But if you're Mike Elko, man, do you just hope do you just hang tight? You might be able to get an even bigger job in like a year or two. Yeah, but you think about a guy like Matt Campbell, right, at, at Iowa State. Yeah. I mean, he he's missed his window, yeah, right? He did. He two did. years ago, he he's 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 up up for the Michigan job. The Michigan job, correct. Which is a good job. There is no doubt about that. Top five job in the country, right? He is Absolutely. up for the Michigan job. Uh he's up for every job that comes open. Auburn, you name it. It was it, his name was bandied about. He's a Michigan State doesn't even want to hire Matt Campbell right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, so, man. So, yeah, that's, that's a good point. We talked about that the other day but when we're talking about how far him and Mike Gundy have fallen. Absolutely. So, it's just – uh, been the coach of Tennessee. It's going to be interesting to, to watch that. Um, real quick, before we transition and cover the Kansas game, we want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Brown O'Haver. Kevin works for Brown O'Haver. I work for Brown O'Haver. But most importantly, Brown O'Haver works for you not the insurance company. So if you've had a loss to your business or your home, from fire, wind, theft, tornado, vandalism, whatever the case may be, give us a call. 405-735-5510. We get clients 30 to 40% more than they get on their own. No claim is too old for us to take a look at it. If it's a claim, if you have suffered a loss last night, if you suffered a loss last year, give us a call. 405-735-5510. Let Kevin and me and Brown O'Haver work for you. Kevin, tricky game. Tricky game for the Texas Longhorns. You're bringing in Kansas. You're bringing in Jalen Daniels. They've been a pestering um, gnat around your ankles now over the last five years. You did beat them down last year. What happens this year? Does the does the run of 2023 come to a screeching halt before you even get to Oklahoma or do you take care of business against the Jayhawks? I think we take care of business, man. It should be a fun game, right? I enjoy watching Kansas's offense. I'm a big fan of Daniels have been for a few years. Obviously they came down and put it on us in 2021. That was his first start. Clearly our defense had not prepared for him and the skill set that he brought because they lit us up all game long. They won that game, and I think they deserve to win that game. But this is 2023, all right? This is a different team, different Texas team, different Texas defense. So it's going to be a fun game. It should be a good game, but it's a game I think Texas should win, and I think they will win. So against BYU – Jalen Daniels did not look superhuman. I did not get the vibe that he was nearly as explosive as he had been in years previous. Is there anything you can take from how Baylor, or not Baylor, BYU decided to defend Kansas that y'all can employ this week to make sure he stays, um, stays basically stays out of the end zone, but but you know stays in the pocket that you kind of mitigate the running 
and you kind of take away that double threat that he is. Well, I think the most important thing with him or any other quarterback is how much pressure you can get on him. And that's what's been impressive about Texas so far. Um, there hasn't been an offensive line that they face all season that's been hand, able to handle their defensive line, right? I think if they get pressure on him, force him to make decisions quicker than he'd like to, I think that just really bodes well for Texas and their chances. So when we played Emory Jones in Cincinnati last week, the biggest thing was defensively not letting your ends, and I'm thinking of like Anthony Hill Jr. and whoever you got on the other end, getting past the quarterback, right? Yes. Keeping contain. Um, I imagine that's the same kind of strategy you have to keep up with with him this week. Is it, it absolutely? It, it's gonna be like a yeah. contained aggression, right? Correct. I think a similar game plan to what we use against Jalen Milrow. Now, Jalen Milrow did get loose a couple times in the first half, right? And, and then busted out a few decent runs. So they have to do a little bit better of a job. The thing is, I, I do think that Daniels is a more consistent passer than, um, than Milrow is. M- Milrow was really good at the deep ball, but and so was Daniels. But I think Daniels is better at the intermediate stuff. So we got to get pressure on him while containing him. Also, that penetration we got to use to stop that running game because yeah, they got what, two really good running backs. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. What's their other weapons outside of Jalen Daniels? Is it is it in the run game? Is it receiving game? Is it both? Give us- well, it's both. It's both, really. But they got Devin Neal. He's a really explosive running back, right? I mean, this guy, what does he have? 394 yards, averaging 6.9 yards a carry with five touchdowns. He also has 11 receptions for 145 yards and a touchdown. So he's a true... Uh, dual threat guy at the running back position, right? Also, they've got their other running back is um, what's his name? Highshaw, Daniel Highshaw from Moore High School. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, and he's, he's having player. a good season too. Again, yeah, good player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So, yeah, they give you a lot to deal with. They give you a lot to deal with, and they've got a pretty good receiving core too. They're capable of making big plays. Um, in Texas, we've seen right their secondary. Is good, but they've gotten a few thrown over their head so far this year, right? We saw them, especially in the safety position, Alabama targeted one of their safeties, Jaron Thompson. They had a big touchdown with him in coverage. Last week, Baylor had a couple deep shots over Ryan Watts, the corner. So that's something to uh, keep an eye on. But Texas has to get pressure, and I think that takes care of that. Um, How is Kansas this year – on the offensive and defensive line, do they got some big boys that can push some people around, or you, or is your big old defensive line going to have its way? Well, they no, I think they have a good offensive line. Um, but again, I like the matchup for our defensive line, and I'll be honest, I think I like our defensive line against any O line that we face. At least that's on our schedule so far this season. But. And what I like about it is the depth that we have up front. I mean, we've talked about this in our in our last episodes this season. They've been able to rotate guys in, and there hasn't been much of a drop-off from the first team to the second team guys. Keeps them fresh. It'll be a lot for Kansas to deal with. But again, they have a lot of weapons to throw at you, from the quarterback throwing the ball, the quarterback run, the running backs, and the receivers. It's a lot to deal with. Defensively for Kansas, though, I've been impressed. They rotate a lot of defensive linemen themselves. I think they played nine defensive linemen against BYU. That's a big rotation for a team like Kansas to have. I think they've been really active in the portal because last year, Texas lit them up 
and they couldn't stop the run at all, right? We had Bijan. We, we could have won that game without the one to pass. That's how dominant the run game was up there last our, year. I think of a couple of games you could have run without – you would have been better off running and not throwing a pass. But uh, yeah, what do you think – You're right about do, that. What do you think Lance Leopold – because, uh, we, you know, we just got done talking about hot coaches right now, and I think he's at the top of the list in terms of he what has people to be on like. The list. Yeah, I think in terms of what people are looking for, Michigan State, other schools, what is he going to take away from last year's game to try to attack, either attack you or defend you better? Well, I think, first of all, he has better players up front on the defensive line. That's that's first and foremost, right? He feels like they, he's got a lot of guys who can get pressure. And I think the Texas offensive line has been good this year. But, I mean, this would be as challenging of a test as, as they've had since the Alabama game. Right. So they got guys that they can come in that they could bring in to get after Quinn. Right. And can they stop the run? Jonathan Brooks has really gotten a Texas running game going the past couple weeks. So can they stop the run and can they get pressure on Quinn? That's that's the, the answer. The line is when you're talking to me, the line is 16 and a half, which is very similar to the line of the Baylor game. But just listening to the way you're breaking this team down. You seem a lot more concerned about Kansas than you ever were against Baylor last week. What Correct. is your what is your concern level level right now? Anxiety level going into this game. I mean, I think we both think you're going to win, but it sounds like to me that you're a little more concerned about Kansas than you were Baylor. Is that am I picking yeah, up? Yeah, I that? am because you know we knew going into the Baylor game that they had their number two quarterback in, and that he had thrown forty five percent. He had completed forty five percent of his passes against Long Island, again, Utah, that's a good team, but Tex- and Texas State, right? So we knew pretty much going in that there was no way that they were going to have any success throwing the football. And with our big defensive line, we can shut down their running game. The reason I'm a little bit concerned about Kansas is just, again, how many things they can throw at you. They can run the football with their running backs. They got the good quick game. They can hit you with the deep shot, and, and you have the quarterback run game. So you just have to be more disciplined defensively where against Baylor, you just get upfield and stop the run and everything else will be fine because they couldn't handle us at all. The good thing, though, um, for us offensively, right, we also have a lot to throw at them. Like I said, the running game has really gotten going with Jonathan Brooks. He's finally separated himself and looks to be the number one running back going forward. We run the ball successfully. It sets up the play-action game. And, you know, we've got all these weapons, right? It's a lot of, to throw at teams. Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, Jordan Whittington, and, of course, the biggest matchup that we have, Jatavian Sanders. So it's a lot to throw at them. Honestly, man, I like this Kansas team, but Texas, at their best, is two scores better than Kansas. That's my uh, opinion. He- ESPN has you at an 87% win probability at this point, which is, um, I mean, it's pretty convincing. You're a 16 and a half point favorite over under 61 and a half. You just said two scores. Do you cover against Kansas 16 and a half points, man? I really want to say no, but I'm saying yes, man. What? Come yes. on. Yes. I, uh, we're going to go out. If, if, we have the right mindset, right? This will be a good indicator of how we're progressing mentally because Kansas is not like Bryce and Kansas is not like Wyoming, 
right? We should be fully focused for this Kansas team because I think at this point we know what they're capable of, right? Most of the guys that are on the team now, at least their most experienced players, were on that team in 2021. So we know what they're capable of. They can't sneak down here and get one over like they did last time in 2021 when no one knew who Daniels was, right? That was literally his first start. Or Lance like, Who who the heck is this kid? Who is this dude? Like, are we just that bad or is he that good? I think it was a little bit of both. But he's just really good. And now we know we're focused there up there last year. I think we'll be focused this year. And like I said, at our best, I think we're that much better than Kansas. Okay, you've played four games. You've had two games where you've looked like the number three team in the country. And you had two games where you look like the eight and four team from last year, right? At least in my, yeah. that's the way I look at your four game season where when you're playing well, you're at the top of the mountain. When you're playing poor, it is not a good product. Um, I think Kansas has some explosiveness that is going to creep in on the spread. I think you win the game, but I think Kansas is going to have some explosiveness that keeps in on the spread. And I think Quinn isn't able to just sit back and pass like he was against Baylor. I think that they're going to get a little more pressure on him. He's going to be a little off balance. I don't think he's going to have a terrible game. I'm not predicting that, but I'm just predicting he's not going to have, he's not going to have the same level of game that he had against Baylor or Alabama. I think Texas, it's natural to overlook a team. You know how important Oklahoma is going to be in two weeks. I think Kansas covers the 16 and a half. Texas still wins. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oklahoma hosts Iowa State. Oklahoma is a 20-point favorite. The over-under is 48 and a half. So that means Vegas thinks it's going to be a pretty low-scoring affair. Uh, Let me give you some stats, Kevin, as to why this is a low-scoring affair. Um, everybody's everybody on the sooner side of things is talking about how bad Dylan Gabriel is and how we need to change out quarterbacks and not do anything. Um, Rocco Beck, the quarterback for Iowa state has a total of 900 passing yards through four games. Dylan Gabriel has 1400 passing yards. That's are people really saying that about Dylan Gabriel? There's a contingent of OU fans that, are down on Dylan Gabriel. And I we just saw this coming. Well, we talked about this in the summer. It's that it's this would stupid. happen and he's underappreciated. And again, it's just the embarrassment of riches you guys have had at the quarterback position over the last decade. I I just I think it's so unnecessary. If you want to complain about something, let's complain about the run game because there's plenty to complain about there. But no, not with that. But speaking of the run game, as bad as I think the run game is is at Oklahoma. The total rushing yards, are you ready for this? For the season for Iowa State is 333 rushing yards. You know, and that's so interesting, right? Because this is a program that has been built on running the football, right? They had Brees Hall. This guy was almost was on his way to being offensive rookie of the year in the NFL last year before he injured his knee. And they Listen, can't run it at all. Kevin, I think that stat is incredible. And yet, I'm mad at Oklahoma. I don't think we're running the ball. I don't think we're doing anything that we need to do on the running with the running game. I don't think we're utilizing our 
offensive lineman the right way. I don't think we're, we're, we have the right back. I still think we should have Tawi Walker over Marcus Major. The other two, whatever, they're hurt. I don't know. I'm just going with the two that have been playing. And yet we have 631 yards. So we have double the number of yards that Iowa State has. And I think Oklahoma has done a terrible job rushing the game. You know, you know what? And with here's, their rushing game. Here's the crazy thing. They're leading Russia. What is he's averaging 2.9 yards a carry? Yeah, he's got 43 carries for 126 yards. How on the how, season, how Kevin? Happen? Yes. Over four games. You'd think by accident you'd get it. I, it. It's crazy to me. And they on top of that, they had like 37 points against Oklahoma State last yeah, they week. Yeah, they lit them up. Yeah. So who is this team? Well, this I don't team? know. I I really do think that speaks to Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma State is in a just a different world of terrible right now. Uh, and then their best receiver, Jalen Neal, um, he his number of catches compares with Andrell Anthony, 20 versus 21 respectively, yet he only has 202 yards and Andrell Anthony has 371 yards. So yeah, he's a good possession receiver. He played well against Texas last year down in Austin. Hey, but he's again, a ni- he's a nice player, but this yeah, is the no best they've got. Correct. No and one, so, yeah, doesn't strike fear into your defense. I, here's the thing I made this point on the radio today, and I'm going to make it again. Oklahoma fan can overlook this game. We just can't. We know that the Red River rivalry is going to measure our season. We're going to have a good season or we're going to have a bad season. And it's all going to be determined on October 7th. That's yeah, just- you know, yeah. I mean, look, if you're an Iowa State fan, right, in order for you to win this game, it has to be – there has to be so many things that go wrong for OU. There has to be an injury. You guys have to have four turnovers. It has to be a perfect storm of just – Horrible things happening for Iowa State to have a chance. I just don't see how they're going to score points. They can't score against bad defenses. No. And we were average well, defenses. Last year, when they had a better roster at home against Oklahoma, who had at the time a much worse defense, Iowa State only scored 13 points. Correct. So now you're talking about. Beckers, yeah. Now you're talking about. That receiver. This year. In Norman, with a much worse offense against a much improved defense, there's just I just can't. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't see a way. Yeah, me neither. I me mean, neither. Right, and I think you know, as fans and people who try to analyze the game, we try to think, okay, what has to happen in order for them to be able to win this football game? We said what, what Kansas would have to do, right? I, yeah. I just there's like, nothing that they can do other than forcing like five turnovers. No, and like two or three for touchdowns for them to even have a chance based on what I've seen from no. Iowa State this year. Yeah, I, I mean, Kansas, Jalen Daniels could have a career game. That yes. could happen. That Jaylen absolutely Daniels, could happen. He could throw for 350 yards and run for 130. Because yes, we, we've passing, seen it before. Yeah, and have two passing and one scoring, and it could be the game of his life. I don't think that's going to happen, but it could happen. That you can make a realist. You get Rocco no. Beck couldn't physically do that. Yeah, you remember his dad, Anthony Beck, tight end. No, who do you play for? You don't remember him? I think he played for oh. the Jets. Big tight end. Oh, well, did he go to Iowa State too? They always nah, have tight ends. They do. No, this was way back in the day, man. Well, anyway, all this to be said, I, I, I think what 
as an Oklahoma fan, when I'm watching this game on Saturday night, it's good. I want we better win the game by a comfortable margin. Um, I think defensively, it's going to be no issue. I, I just can't imagine them scoring. I want to see does our run game begin to identify itself? Okay. Do we put together an identity that we feel really good about going three hours south to Dallas with? Yeah. That, because it matters, right? Then it, we're talking yeah. on October 7th, and we know this. This is what this this is what this bo- podcast is about, but it's a reality. It is the fulcrum point every single year. We win or we lose, and our season is defined by winning or losing in Dallas, Texas on the first or second weekend in October. It's just that simple. And so, yeah, there, I, there's a lot on the line with that game, and there's a lot on the line. So, both schools got to handle business this week, right? Get down there, and let's just make this the the hype for the game will be really, really big, like we haven't seen in a while, right? So, look, handle business this week, and let's just get ready for hate week. Oh no, no, I want to get ready for hate week. All right, well, let's pick this game then. Uh, what did I say? Twenty points. Uh, it's, uh, uh, yeah, 20 points over under 48 and a half. Uh, I've got OU covering. I just, I just don't think Iowa state's any good. OU covers. Yeah. And look, look, they're, they're still going to be good defensively. Right. But again, you guys get to 24 points. Right. I, I, yeah, I know freaking Oklahoma state was putting up points against them. Yeah. But you get to 24 points against them and they, they're pretty much done. So now I think you guys win. Like it's gonna be like thirty-one to six, something like that. Yeah, you know, thirty-one to nine. I can see a game. I will. I want to see a game that looked like your Baylor game last week. That's what I want yeah. to see. I want to yeah. see suffocate them. They have no chance. Yeah, and then I want to see our. Off- I want to see our offense click, like have some rhythm going into the Texas game. Um, you know, last year. Last year, we were picking a TCU game. We had no idea how good TCU was. Nobody did. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma was favored. Uh, There was just – Max Duggan was the quarterback. At the time, he was the backup quarterback. Nobody expected anything out of him. And we just got our clock cleaned. And then – we had to go limping into the Cotton Bowl, and we all know what happened after that. You yeah, I mean, no Dylan Gabriel. You know, I mean, you, you, no Billy you Bowman. No competent. No, um, God, we, could, we couldn't complete a forward pass. We couldn't complete a forward right. pass. And so we have to flip the script starting the week before, right? We have to flip that script. We need to have the rhythm and the confidence and the identity and be ready to enter in to – the cotton bowl with a sense of like, we belong here. Not like we're limping in, you know, I think yeah. y- y'all beat Bama. You already have that. That's already in your DNA. As far as the season goes, you, every game you're going to be able to reach back in and say, yeah, but we beat Bama. So I'm, you know, let's go right. Oklahoma. Yeah. We're especially offensively. We're just not there yet. I don't know that we have that. We've got to get there in within the next week and a half. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting, right? Because I mean, out of the Iowa State is very limited this year with the quarterback situation being. I guess he's kicked off the team. I've never really heard an official announcement on if Deckers is this off the team, is it's an indefinite dis- suspension, or what. But man, yeah, I, I don't know, man. There's no way that Iowa State can 
can hang. This is really like the first true Power Five team. I know that Cincinnati's in the Big Twelve this year, right? But they they don't have a full Power Five roster yet. So this would be the first real Power Five team you guys have played this year. Well, it says here that he was uh, that he pled guilty to a charge of underage gambling that resulted in charges against at least fifteen student athletes at both Iowa State and Iowa. Uh, Cyclones quarterback Hunter Decker's offensive lineman Jake Rensburg they paid a $645 fine and all additional charges will be dropped interesting so he's going to yeah, be so- suspended he's going to be suspended they're saying Decker's is at risk of permanently losing collegiate eligibility after he allegedly placed Bets on Iowa State, 26 Iowa State sporting events, including a, a game. So they're saying Rensburg is only expected to serve a, a six-game suspension, but that Deckers is still at risk of permanent losing collegiate maybe eligibility. They're still invest- maybe they're still investigating it. Well, it's interesting that it says he has a plea deal, so I don't know. But, look, I uh, – I, I feel bad for the kid, but there's pretty hard and fast rules in sports that you don't bet bet on your team. Well, listen, if they were to investigate college players all over the country, who knows what they'll find? I mean, they just happen to buckle down on it in the state of Iowa. Yeah, I look, I don't want to sound holier than now because you're absolutely right. Like this could come back to Oklahoma in a heartbeat, you know, or Same in Texas. Texas. Yeah, absolutely. Texas too, you know. So that that's not what I'm not trying to sit here and go shame on you. I'm just saying I think maybe if he's the one that got caught, that they have to send that message because Yeah, they can't have this happening. You can't have it. It's an integrity of the sport thing, and you just you can't do it, even when you're betting on your team. You know, that was always the Pete Rose argument. Well, I bet on the Reds. Okay, but you still can't bet on your team. Yeah, exactly. Just, you have you have inside information, man. Yeah, you just can't like, do it. Crazy inside information. So yeah. And you can affect the game, you know, and Correct. you start talking about point spreads and, mm-hmm. and shaving. Yes, we've seen uh, this with the whole deal with uh, Boston College back in the day. I'll tell you what, that- uh, there's a good one. There's a good one on Netflix. Um, after you're done watching the Bill Russell documentary that you refuse to watch, check out the uh, point shaving scandal by ASU in the uh, early 90s. ASU was in Arizona State? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's really, really- 30 for 30 one on Boston College with them. Um, our guy Henry Hill, who the um, no. who Goodfellas is based off of, that one was really good. So I got to check out this ASU. Uh, yeah, let me look it up real quick. ASU uh, point shaving. Let's see if I can find it. Steven Smith. Do you remember that name? Does that sound familiar at all? No, not at all. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Steven. Um, man, if yeah. you really think about it, man, it's pretty easy. It can be pretty easy for a college kid to get caught up in something like that, right? Especially before NIL. These college kids were broke. Oh, no, they were making a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah, they were making a ton of it's money. It's easy and, to influence them. They throw money that way that they're not used to having. And if you can, and they were really good. If you can, if you, as a person, if you can convince yourself that you're not trying to lose and that you're just yeah. trying to manage the line, yeah, then it's exactly. really easy to justify your behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody will really notice it. And so, I don't know. It's pretty fascinating. But, yeah, that one's on Netflix. But, Kevin, will you do me a favor, please? 
And before you watch that, will you please watch the Bill Russell documentary? I will watch the Bill Russell. I feel like that you do not like strong African-American role models and how they influenced life for all athletes in the 60s and early 70s. Okay. I feel like that's something that you're against. Is that I'm, true? I'm not, is that what I'm, I'm not is, even going? I'm not acknowledging that. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. I just have a, I guess I just have a better a value, uh, you know, Perhaps, assessment of maybe, maybe you do. Maybe. The struggle, the struggle, Kevin. You just you're get listening. ready it's for what's so coming. Good. You just, I need you to get ready for what's coming next Saturday. I need you to start preparing for that now. Uh, listen, I am prepared for that now. There's starting to be like a little anger. It's like burning right here. You know, in the heart. I'm pointing at my heart and my soul. And here's the thing. Y'all are getting a little smug with the with the whole Bama stuff. Your internet, your your Twitter, all your people are a little haughty right now. And I know you're 4-0 and you're probably going to go 5-0. and And yes, you beat Bama. But you act like you can't lose against Oklahoma in a week and a half. You act like you act like there's a, not a scenario where Oklahoma can beat you in a Cotton Bowl game. There and was absolutely is a odd. scenario. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, look. First of all, we always have fans who think we can never lose a game. Right? You seem to have a lot of them right now. Yeah, we're feeling good though. We like our team. Y'all are we like this version. We like this version of our team. Y'all are I feel sh- like. Y'all we'll get more right into now. this next week. We're gonna have some previews. We're gonna do a few episodes. I don't know how many, but we're, we're gonna be. Coming strong next week for y'all are, y'all are strutting right now, and I'm just telling yeah, you. Yeah, we're feeling good. We're yeah, feeling good. I'm just telling you, Oklahoma is we're just, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Oh yeah, so, yeah. We, well, I mean, we're not expecting to come in and be like last year's game. Easy. No, no. I walked right into now. that. I walked right into that. But no, no, we're not expecting that. I don't no. think you can. I don't no. think you can. I, be I think that, it's not the same. It's not the same team. We're not the same team. Y'all aren't the same team. Y'all are, first of all, you have a quarterback, first and foremost, right? And even if if Dylan Gabriel were to take the same sort of hit that he took against TCU last year, your other quarterback, you have competent quarterback play behind Dylan Gabriel, right? And your defense looks competent this year. You know, guys just seem to know what they're doing. Last year, you just didn't know what they were doing. Um, early forecast for the Dallas area, chance of rain, chance of rain on October 7th, early forecast. Interesting. Is, is Quinn Ewers a mutter? That's what you got to ask yourself. Is <laughs> Quinn Ewers a mutter? Jonathan Brooks might be a mutter. I think, I don't see Jatavion Sanders as a guy that wants to get dirty though. He seems like a pretty, that. he seems like a pretty boy, a pretty, pretty boy in the tight end. Like, he can catch passes in the mud. Oh Sorry, my man. Gosh. No, yeah, no one can handle that, dude. I would love, you know, the weather has been so good for these games over the last however many years. I would love a weather game. I think it would help Oklahoma's chances if we mudded it up a little bit. Why do you think that? I'm just curious. Uh, the defense. I think the defense is really good, and I think it, okay. it, 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 if it takes the speed out of your, um, okay. if it takes the speed out of uh, out of your skill players, I think it gives Oklahoma an even better chance to kind of really lock down defensively. Okay. Uh, and then you just got to bust a couple plays on the other side of the game, on the other side of the ball. I, I don't know that it helps us because we don't have a running game on the offensive side, but I do think it helps us defensively. But either way, I think it'd be a lot of fun because it hasn't been a, it's been a really long time. Yeah, I right? can't since tell we, you since it's last time I, it was a bad weather game. Uh, the Tyrone Swoops game was overcast. 
maybe yeah. a little rain, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. I mean, it was probably really nice to play in. The 2004 game was was overcast too. The Adrian Peterson game. I know we're going way back here, 20 years ago, but you remember that one? You might I'm have sure to go that, that far back. You might have to go that far back, right? Because five was sunny. I mean, I think five had a little bit of overcast, and then it opened up. Six, I think, was sunny too. Seven. So somebody, yeah, ma- somebody made a point of asking me uh, because all they could remember was forty-nine to nothing, and this person wasn't being mean, but they were like, "When was the last time it was a good game?" And I was like, "Interesting." Like every what? literally every year since twenty like, twenty fourteen. Let me break it down for you. And so I went back, like you just said, nine games of great games and one touch, one score games and all of this kind of stuff. And this person looked at me and they're like, do you really know that? You really know how to be? I'm like, like come on, uh, man. yeah, I go in my, and my podcast partner could go back 30 years and give you the play by play. So <laughs> I, in fact, I feel, I, go back I feel to like 97, I think. Uh, I can go back to 99 in real detail. In real okay. detail, I can go to 99. And 99 was crazy. That's when I first, honestly, because during the 90s, I didn't was that, realize well, real the quick, well, Real quick, was, nine, was 97 DeMond Parker? Uh, yes. And Wait a 90, minute. And 96 was, um, 96 was the overtime win, right? For OU or for Texas? For OU. The 96 game was an yeah, overtime. I think it's so. first ever, it was the first year for was, overtime. Yeah, because 95 was when we stuffed y'all at the goal line with Stoney Clark. Yeah. I think, yeah. So, yeah, 97, because Texas won that one with Ricky Williams. But DeMond Parker Parker had a heck of a game in 97. Yeah. Like, that was a duel. That was a running back duel. That was a lot of fun, that game. It was. You're right. I can go further back. I can go, I can get to 90. I can get to 95. Okay. I can get back to 95. 98. Ricky Williams again, Heisman year. I think they hit a big 98-yard touchdown pass to Wayne McGarity, too, in that one. 99, though, that's when it got interesting. Oh, yeah. That's when Leach 99 was interesting. Leach Man, is dropping that... fake playbooks on the ground. And, oh, my God. Dude, <laughs> what was it? Was... What were y'all up? Was it 21-0? nothing at the end of the 17 first quarter. 17-0. That's I what com- it was. I completely – first ever OU Texas game, I completely lost my voice. It was my 21st birthday. Um. I think my 21st birthday was like two days prior and I was probably still hungover and I completely lost my voice. And by halftime it was tied and I'm like, just devastated, just devastated. Man, I mean, yeah, that was really the first example, at least for me of saying, man, this game is crazy back and forth, but Hey, y'all, y'all made up for it in 2000. You more than made up for it. Uh, I remember I've been more shocked at a football. Like I didn't, I didn't go, but watching a football game. 2000 was a wet weather game. And That's it true. was, yeah. I was down in Louisiana and it was really, really wet. And I was watching the game. And the big thing was President Boren said, if we win, we don't have class on Monday. So that's really all I wanted because I didn't want to have to drive back until Monday. And so I'm just thinking, oh, got man, that man, and more. this would be amazing <laughs> if we could get a win. And then, of course, the rest is history in that game. Kevin, I love talking to you, Texas. My God, I could just keep doing it. I can keep doing it. Well, we're, we're this look this upcoming week, man. We're going all in. Real quick, I don't. You know what? We're going to keep going just for one more time. What is your first OU Texas memory of just watching the game? Of watching the game. You know what? Probably the the ninety five game. I think it was Stony Clark and stuffed stuffed OU at the goal line. You guys went for How, two to try to win the game. Would you have been about ten? Like, no, I was about 
12. Okay. Mm-hmm. My my first game was I honestly I don't even know who won. I think it was 1989. It was Mike Gaddis. Well, if it was 89, you guys were still really good then. No, no, we were. We were still really good, but we were in trouble. Um, God, he passed away in 1950. Rest in peace, Mike Gaddis. Um, I'm trying to find out what game this was. He, um, I think it was 89. I think, no, it must have been 91. No, no, it was 89 because it was before he got hurt. So it was in 89. We were on, Oklahoma was on TV, uh, TV restriction. They were blacked out from TV games. Can you even imagine that happening today? Can't even imagine it. No. And so me and my dad had to listen to the OU Texas game in our garage on the radio. So you listen to the Texas broadcast, I would imagine. Probably. In San Antonio. Probably. But I'll never forget the call is they handed it off to Gaddis, and they're like, Gaddis at the 30, Gaddis at the 40, Gaddis at the 50, Gaddis will score. That was like my first memory of an OU Texas and it was like the I he just went crazy against him. Um, and it was so I just remember being a kid. Yeah, so I would have been 10 or 11, maybe just it would have been really close to my 11th birthday. And uh yeah. Oh my god. So that's cool. See your dad, so you growing up, your dad was a sooner. I didn't have anybody in my family that was a Texas fan. All my fam, all my relatives like NFL, they all love the Dallas Cowboys. So my first introduction to football was the NFL and the Dallas Cowboys. I discovered college football literally on my own, just watching cartoons one day. Cartoons go off, football comes on. I, like, it was different. I heard the band. It was Florida State. I think they were playing like Maryland. I heard the Florida State war chant, man. I was done. That was it. I was I'm hooked. telling you what, Florida State was – we've talked about this before, but they were pivotal when you and I were growing up and watching college Correct, football. man. Charlie Ward was a quarterback. Oh. Oh, yeah, they had all those, all those games Brooks against Miami. Emmerich Vanover, correct, man. Wide right, wide time. left. Oh, yeah, dude, it was listen, great times, man. I know that if if you've made it with us this long, an hour and thirteen minutes, thank you so much for listening. We're gonna have a, a wrap up get wrap up episode on Sunday of week uh, week five. God, I can't believe we're already in week five. We'll have a wrap up episode on week five, and then Hate Week will start the very next day. We're gonna put out as much content as we can. But we appreciate you guys staying with us. Like, share, subscribe. Kevin, have a great evening. Boomer. Welcome. Okay.